watched a lot of movies so i'm hoping i don't mix up any key plot points here i don't know how you could it's a giant glass house and matthew lillard i don't know me with movies and benadryls is going to be an interesting show we'll see how it goes (laughs) welcome to bad movie date night the podcast in which we take a serious look at bad films and genre films and hopefully give them the credit they deserve I am Nigel from AJourneyIntoFilm.com, and with me is my wonderful wife, Caitlin. Howdy ho. Oh, boy. (laughs) And this week, we are talking about Thur 13 and Ghosts, directed by Steve Beck. Say that again. That's how the the title's written out, Thur 13 and Ghosts. How does that even make sense? Well, because, you know, you can just put numbers into words and suddenly <laughs> they replace the letters that is and wild. when i look at a one i think oh that looks just like a t yeah one t perfect yeah uh we're talking about 13 ghosts <laughs> the 2001 remake of the um william castle 1960 original and i'm I excited have to to t- Compare and contrast these. Yes, we are going to compare these uh, in a minute, but let's talk about how number. Well, okay, I want to talk about a couple things first. Number one, I should mention this was directed by Steve Beck, based on the story by Rob White, written by Neil Marshall Stevens and Richard Diavidio, starring Tony Shalhoub, Shannon Elizabeth, M. Beth Davids, Matthew Lillard. Ra Digga and F. Murray Abraham and J.R. Bourne. He's one of those guys that you just kind of see in things and you're like, oh yeah, it's that guy who's in that thing. Let's talk about something else real quick. This, uh, I can't remember how much of this we went over in our episode on the 1999 remake of House on Haunted Hill, but this movie was produced by Dark Castle Entertainment. Now, Dark Castle Entertainment was formed with the specific intention of remaking William Castle movies. Just William Castle movies? Yes. Interesting. And they successfully remade two William Castle movies. Wow. Before moving on to their own original titles. Way to stick with your goal. Well, here's the thing. Dark Castle was was originally an offshoot from Warner Brothers... And it was formed by Joel Silver, Robert Zemeckis, Gilbert Adler. And fun fact, Robert Downey Jr.'s wife was the vice president for a very long time. Uh, The first two movies that they directed were Financial Failures. Uh, 13 Ghosts? 13 Ghosts was a uh, financial failure, yes. Uh, House on Haunted Hill... Did not do well financially. 
So after those two did not do well, they said, well, let's make our original stuff. And so they made Ghost Ship, which you and I have watched. And uh, it's one, Ghost Ship's one of those movies that's memorable for the opening scene alone. And then you kind of forget what the rest of the movie is. That's very true. Also, Emily Browning is there. That's very true. A couple notable movies that they also did. Gothica starring... Uh, Halle Berry. Oh my gosh, how did I forget that? <laughs> the House of Wax with Paris Hilton. Uh, the 2009 movie Orphan, which actually people liked. Um, Suburbicon, we, that movie we watched, uh, directed by George Clooney. Mm-hmm. The movie Seance, and they're doing a sequel to Orphan. Okay. Uh, those aren't the only movies that they've done. They just... Uh, those are just the notable ones. Did you like Suburbicon? I can't remember. I did. It was kind of forgettable, though. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, for a movie that was written by the Coen brothers and directed by George Clooney, who's actually a decent director, is kind of makes me sad. Forgettable. But maybe we should rewatch it. I think we should give that one another visit. Uh, so, yeah, that is the brief history of Dark Castle Entertainment. Now, the series that we're on was originally going to be a William Castle Dark Castle Entertainment miniseries, but then uh, I realized all the movies we were talking about were Dark Castle movies, so we might have to switch it up a little bit. Change up. It's fine. I'll roll with the flow. Yeah, because I had a lot of fun talking about an old 1960s movie, and this week talking about a 2001 remake yes now in terms of movies coming out in 2001 this movie is the 2001iest <laughs> it is dripping with early 2000s horror cliches and i love it can you tell me what that would be uh the like well okay first of all Number one sign you know you're watching a movie that came out in the early 2000s and even the late 90s is the, like, grungy, metal-y oh. uh, soundtrack. That I definitely got, yes. I don't know what genre, like, metal genre that specifically falls under, but they all sound the same. So they you, do. I hope you know what I'm talking about. If you don't, you've never watched a 90s horror film. Yeah. The second way you know that it's a early 2000s horror movie is when they do like the weird flash editing where it's just rapid with like the double exposures and things mm. move real quickly and it's all like jarring and kind of twitchy yes. and I don't know the best way to de- I, I hope that's the best way to describe it I think flashing between scenes is a good way yeah yes and not scary right there's nothing really scary about early 2000s. Another really good example is how they remade The Fog in 2003. Oh, lots of CGI. Mm-hmm. Now, this movie did not use very much CGI, and I appreciate that quite a bit. And that was intentional from the director. He said he wanted the ghosts to feel like they had an actual presence in the house. And He accomplished that. Apart from when they're doing the weird twitchy thing, uh, that's uh, pretty successful. Yeah. You know something weird about the ghosts? What? How they sparked. 
like anytime they hit something, sparks would shoot everywhere. No, I thought that that was if they just hit the wall. Yeah, which is pretty much the only thing they hit. Yeah, but that makes sense to me because they couldn't pass through it. So it was like a you can't. It's like fire. Yeah, I don't understand why hitting a wall they can't pass through is like create sparks though (laughs) it weirdly made sense to me i mean i guess it it doesn't not make sense (laughs) it's just like halfway through the movie i was like that's a weird choice that they made (laughs) do you want to talk about what you liked about it uh what i liked can we start with what i didn't like i feel like you're gonna tell me you didn't like anything about this movie there's not much that i liked about it um i did think that how they incorporated the book from the first film was pretty cool. Uh, How in the first film, the William Castle film, the book that was written in Latin, you know, plays a role in the movie. And in this remake, the 2001 film, they just etched the Latin words onto the wall in the glass house. And I thought that was actually pretty cool. Kind of. Okay. Well, I was wrong. <laughs> bec- well, the book in the in the original one was a was a diary. Right. So it explained all of his stuff. Whereas like the stuff on the walls in the movie was spells. Yeah, but I thought it still had a neat overlap. Yeah. There are after watching the original, there are more in common between these two mo- movies than what you would actually think. Especially considering that this one is a giant glass demon machine house. Yeah. Um, but let's not jump into too many comparisons off the bat. Let's just, let's try to talk about just what I liked about this as an individual film. Yeah. Nothing. You didn't I, like anything. About I like it? Matthew Lillard. So he was good. I'm trying to just pick things that I'm not comparing. I would say everything, else is going to be a comparison okay I liked the scene where Kathy is in the bathroom and she's washing her her hair for like 20 minutes yeah she's washing her face in the bathtub and the one girl is in the bathtub too I thought that was kind of a neat scene yeah what was that what was the name of that ghost they had the um the Angry Princess. Yes. Fun fact, this was the only movie that she ever starred in. Really? Yep. Shauna Lawyer, The mm. Angry Princess. Uh, I thought that was a cool scene. Anyway, um, I that's really... Uh, actually, I liked the opening credits a lot. I thought it was kind of cool how they told the story through just panning through a house. And you kind of just hear what's going on. Yeah, that was a very efficient way to explain how the story or how the family got to where they were. I I think so. My only complaint with it is I wish that as they were panning around the room, when the stuff, when the information about the fire started to come out, Mm -hmm. that instead of fading to a different room that looked similar, that if they had actually 
if they didn't need to to fade between two different shots. Right. Like if they had set up the room so that as they panned, it became increasingly more charred and burnt or that would be very or torn down and everything. Yeah. Um, That's a minor complaint about that scene. But like you were saying, uh, it was a very efficient way of communicating the story. I thought so. I thought it really it moved the story along. It got you invested pretty quickly into the movie. Yeah. Who's not invested in a dying mother in a family <laughs> right. that loves each other? <laughs> so I, I appreciated that. I thought that was, I felt like that was pretty clever. Yes. That is all I can say that wouldn't be a comparison. So, okay. So this is, I don't know if this is something that we've talked about on here before, but obviously when there's a remake of something or a reboot or a reinterpretation of a famous character, you need to kind of look at that work in isolation. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's really easy for us to compare and contrast and pull out things that we like and dislike about each movie based on the comparison. But so as I was watching this, having seen it before, I think it made it a lot easier for me to say, uh, to look at it kind of, I don't want to say objectively, but kind of look at it through its own lens. Mm -hmm. And as a result, I found that there were a lot of story elements that I thought were really interesting and that I really liked. Are some of them comparisons to the original? Yes, because I feel like that's inevitable. But I'm going to try really hard to not use comparisons to talk about what I liked and disliked about this one. Okay. That's a little education information dump for our listeners. I liked the design of the ghosts. Okay. I thought that was very interesting. I liked that they were like this weird, uh, not weird, but like they, you could tell that they were actually there when it wasn't yeah. doing the weird twitchy cutting thing. I would agree with that. I, I liked how the ghost filled a certain role of ghosts that he needed. It didn't really make sense why he needed them, but that's neither here nor there right now. I liked that they filled a role. I thought that the reason he needed them made perfect sense. He was trying to gather. Right. He was like trying why, to make the machine. Why? Right. He it wanted just, to see the future. Was, I I know. I'm just saying it was kind of trivial, the types of people he needed. Well, they were based on the Satan Zodiac, which seems like a weird. Is that a real thing? I don't think that's a real thing. See, it was I think trivial. It, I think it was made up for the movie. I feel like they could have just gone with the real Zodiac. Right. Because that kind of verges on that weird, like psychic thing. But if you want to make up a Zodiac, that's fine. Sure. Do your thing. Yeah. But I mean, it made sense. Like why he needed. I mean, just, I, it made sense. Cause that's what the story told us he needed. Yes. And that's where I feel like there can be some flaws. Right. You if the also, story just tells me it needs something, I'm less likely to just, okay, you know. Right. And another thing with that that I was getting to is that I feel like the people that, the ghost that he captured, it was really open to interpretation 
which role they filled in the uh the black zodiac yeah like the he like uh matthew lillard he's like oh this is the sign of the jackal the most dangerous one but then like they made it seem like the juggernaut was the most dangerous one right the the jackal hardly does anything i mean she uh he it scratches the nonsense out of yeah but tony shalhoub out of but i guess like if you want like a violent slow death yeah, that's the most right, deadly. Right. I don't know. It So yeah, the it would have been better I think if they had just said that he needed 12 or 13 ghosts. Right. I I would see I could just any random like 13, you need 13 ghosts. 12 violent ghosts and one self-sacrifice like right even that makes more sense than the zodiac thing yeah but i really liked that it was incorporated into like i kind of like the idea that the house was a giant machine slash maze thing now if i was put in that situation are there several red flags that show up (laughs) before they even get to the house yes for example okay for audience information I get a weird joy out of early or late 90s, early 2000s computer operating systems portrayed in movies because clearly at that time we had no idea what was going on with computers. Mm-hmm. First of all, the lawyer has like the most satanic looking wallpaper you could ever have on a computer. It's like the there's some kind of like weird star like geometric shape in the middle and then there's like these horrifying looking ghosts in each of the corners how did i miss that that's the only thing i could stare at there in that entire scene but then on top of that which was also really weird anytime so the the lawyer shows up at the family's house and he's like hey your late uncle died he's he left mentioned you in his will here's his video will starts playing it on his computer and anytime the uncle stopped talking, the video player window disappeared, which is not how that would actually work on a real <laughs> computer. The video would just stay there. Right. And so, like, we kept getting these constant flashes of the wallpaper, and I just couldn't stop looking at it. I'm like, that should be a red flag. Right. This lawyer, like, any lawyer who's like, who's like, oh, yeah, you know, I listen to Cradle of Filth on the weekends. <laughs> Like, okay, maybe you should not. Get your own lawyer. I feel like that's what I would do in that situation, is yeah. get my own lawyer to just make sure everything was now, look, kosher. I'm not saying that y- if you're a lawyer, go ahead and listen to what you want. Right. You want to listen to Cradle of Filth? That's fine. But because appearances do mean a lot mm-hmm. in reality, um, I'm going to be concerned if you have some weird satan-y symbols on your wallpaper as you should be so that was something weird that i thought about it uh i also didn't really care for the ending of it no i didn't either um but we're talking about what we like about it i like i did i also liked the bathroom scene Mm -hmm. even though i feel like shannon elizabeth's direction was like just go do stuff in front of the mirror and yeah. so she just like ran her fingers through her already straightened 
like pulled up hair. pulled up ponytail right and then ran her face through the bathtub right and i don't know why the tub water suddenly turned red because it's not like she could have seen it right it would have i mean i guess if it had been red the whole time but she just saw clear water i don't know yeah it, that would have made more sense but i i still thought it was a it was a good scene i thought there's yeah. it wasn't perfect but yeah so it's hard for me to talk about other things that I liked about it without comparing See, it right? to the other one. Um, I did not care for the reveal that the uncle was still alive. No, that was silly. And also, I it did not make any sense that the the like ghost rights activist lady turned out to be working with the uncle the whole time. I'm so glad you brought that up because I didn't understand it when we watched the movie the first time, but then watching it the second time, I was like, I don't understand this more. Why on earth is this lady all of a sudden working with uncle Cyrus? That didn't make sense. Yeah. It made no sense. And it just made me angry because I was like, I feel like it was just trying to have a twist to it, like the right. original, but it was stupid. Right. As if the twist that the uncle was still alive. Right. Did, like they could have done more with that. Right. Than with uh, sh- that she's like w- with him or it, whatever. It would have made more sense if she wasn't with him and she was helping the family and in, in like you kind of get maybe an idea that her and the dad might end up together. Yeah. Or like some kind of bond right, is forming. Right. But okay. She's introduced in at the very beginning of the movie. And then you kind of forget about her mm-hmm. until she shows up again. Well, no, because they show her loading up her bag, right. which like if she was, if she was on the side of the uncle, why would she need to bring explosives in the first place? I don't... Right. She could have just brought the book with her and said, look, here's the book. Also, the book has instructions on how to stop the machine. That's it. That's the <laughs> end of that thought. No, oh, I also brought explosives as a failsafe to the failsafe that I'm trying to convince you to kill yourself with the machine. Yeah, it didn't make any sense. No. And then she died and it was like, oh, okay, I'm glad she was part of this story. Right, and you didn't care about her death, and it was just like... Right. Okay. All she really did was bring uh, the tape thingy to the uncle, Mm -hmm. but he could have just had that the whole time. Right. He built the machine, so clearly he had lots of other stuff. Oh, yeah, she. I guess she brought him the book. Right, but again, he could have just had that. Right. There was no need for her to also have the book. Right. Yeah, her character seemed really pointless. Yeah. And then I guess because they threw in that twist, the reveal that the uncle was still alive fell flat. Yeah. So that's what I have to say about that. That was probably my least favorite thing that they included in the movie. I don't know. That's the thing I disliked the most. Yeah. Out of the entire movie. I agree. I just, I felt like it didn't add anything to the film. If anything, it just made me confused. Yes. I also didn't like that 
the mo- the family didn't find the money at the end of the movie. Like we just end with a shot I completely of, forgot about that. So like I forget who it is. Somebody comes across the lawyer and the money. I think it's the nanny. Yeah. And she's like, oh, I guess they killed you too. Mm-hmm. And then she just kind of moves on with her life. And then we get that shot of her at the end where she's that like, was I'm so out frustrating. of here. I also thought that scene was silly and was supposed to be funny. And it's like, why did you need a funny scene in this movie? I think if anything, you could have made her go back to the lawyer and get like start collecting all the money and being like, you guys aren't going to believe what I found, you know? Yeah. Whatever. If you needed a scene like that, do that instead. Yeah. I did not like the nanny at all. She was clearly meant to be some kind of comedic relief. Mm -hmm. And but also I had lots of questions about why they hired her because she seemed useless. Right. Is she the. And like, I, yeah, I know that it doesn't have to be like the original, but I was comparing it a lot. And I was like, who is she even supposed to be in the original? Nobody. What is she adding to this film? Nothing. Why is she in this film? Yeah. The, the ghost lady and Dennis, Matthew Lillard and the nanny don't really have a one for one comparison to the original. They're kind of. They're kind of like weird amalgamations of, of, uh, the, like they have different traits of, the housekeeper in the original one, right? But not, perfectly. Mm-mm. Do you have anything else that you want to say about what you liked or disliked? Only about this one on its own. I hated the design of the house. Wow. I thought it didn't make sense what normal person would go into that home and think it was cool or beautiful. Like, I think that would, if they didn't love the house so much, I feel like I'd be more okay with the design. But they were like, this is the coolest house ever. And it's like, no, that house looks horrible. I did think that the house had kind of this like i agree with you 100 percent. like who looks at a house like that and says oh yeah this is a completely normal house right but i did think that it kind of made sense if you're thinking about the design from an early 2000s perspective and that all, all they know about the uncle is that he's just some weird rich guy right that seems like the kind of house that some weird rich guy but would build don't like they're supposed to be normal people so why are they running into it like this is so cool it's like no be cautious maybe because they don't have money and they're more willing to accept the weirdness of it maybe they're just because like like uh shane elizabeth she was all about the bathrooms i know it was weird well no it makes sense because they they were i thought it made sense because they were used to living in this tiny cramped apartment. I know. So she gets her own bathroom. Yay. That's exciting. But it's glass. It's a glass bathroom. Yeah. But all of know. the just, windows were that, it, it uh, that block style to me. It doesn't No, it. There's nothing comfortable no, about that it, house. It feels sterile and uncomfortable. Like, I just, I don't know why you would be like, this is our new home. Like, wait, hold on. Maybe that's how desperate they were for their own <sighs> space. Because, like, I 
it's hard to like uh, evaluate the house without knowing that it's a giant Satan machine. Right. But just when you initially see the house, also it's a huge red flag if your house eats the key and right. you don't know how to close the door behind you. Right. That that should be red flag number two after the lawyer has his Satan wallpaper. But like, I guess, like, if you go in there and you're like, oh, this is what rich people are like. This is, like, some weird eccentric modern design. Like, I guess I kind of get it. I think a better design would be um, Neil Patrick Harris's house in the movie Gone Girl. Yeah, where it's big and glass and open and right. kind of that, like, pseudo mid-century modern type thing. I feel like that I could get behind. You're excited. You know something shady is going to happen the minute you You're see this house. You're in an all house. glass house. Right. Right. At least I that's what I think I didn't like about the movie either is that it moved so quickly. It didn't like even give us a moment to be like, "Oh, is something spooky going to happen?" It's just like, "Oh, something spooky happens," you know. Right. Supposedly the script originally had the story happening over multiple days. Which right, is which like make, the original right, one. And I think would make more sense. Also, I think as an audience viewer, if you put the audience into an uncommon set piece, we're going to know something is off. So You're also going to know something's off based on the title of the movie, okay, 13 Ghosts. Yes, <laughs> but still it's mentally from a psychological standpoint if you're in an unfamiliar location from a psychological standpoint right your tr red flag triggers are already going off right there's something psychological that happens to your brain when it sees familiar places it, mm -hmm. it gives you a sense of calm versus if you're in a new place that heightens your uh alert responding i mean that makes sense so I, I would just say make this house be more familiar. Mm -hmm. And that would, I think, make the ghost stand out more. Kind of tying to that, though. I do think it's interesting that clearly Uncle Cyrus from the beginning knew, like had this family in mind for his goals. And I don't think it's unreasonable to think that maybe he set the house fire Right. To, like, kill the wife. I do think it's interesting, going off of your uh, idea of things being familiar, that he seemingly, this might be giving this movie way too much thought, <laughs> made, I'm going to use air quotes here, familiar environments for each of the people. So, like, the dad was, like, really into the library. Right. Which kind of, like, lowered his guard on the fact that the house was made of glass. Mm -hmm. The daughter want, liked the bathrooms, which, I mean, I guess anyone would like that. But also, it seemed like he specifically designed bedrooms for each of them. Right. Because the kid went into the one and there were all the toys in there on the shelves. And he mm -hmm. was, like, super into that. Mm -hmm. But also, that was a weird kid from the beginning. Right. So, he probably would have been... So that's what I think. But what did he what did that house do for us as the audience? No, I mean, you see that house as an audience and you're like, oh, you're an, you're an idiot for going in there. Exactly. So I think this movie could have been better had it given us more of a familiar location. And 
I think it could have made the ghost even creepier because now we're we're in a comfortable, familiar home and all of a sudden these things are invading. Mm-hmm. Whereas like you go into a house that looks like that, you're already heightened and there's ghosts. Yeah, this all makes sense. Yeah. So I don't know, just something I didn't really like. I thought the design was all about... And yes, it is cool that the whole house is a ghost machine. That is pretty pretty cool. But overall, I didn't really feel like it was the best choice for the movie. No. And that's another thing that's just kind of, in my opinion, reflective of early 2000s. It's like more form over function or function over form, I guess. Yeah. Or I hope that makes sense. Like I they cared more about a what it did than what it looked appearance like. Appearance over functionality. No, because it was fun. I guess like functional, not in the sense of it's not a house. Right. So it was functional, but not right. a house functional, but right. like it could have been a house. <laughs> right. For like, I imagine that that house would be like for some like rich guy that just had naked women walking around <laughs> all the time. Right, right. And then also there was Latin all over the walls. That that should have also been a red flag. Exactly. There were lots of red flags there. So I agree with what you're saying. Like there was nothing to make the audience feel to let our guard down. Exactly. And we disconnected from the characters because of that. Exactly. You summed up everything I was trying to say so nicely. Thank you. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure that everyone's on the same page before yeah. we move on to comparing and contrasting. Well, one more thing I didn't like about the movie. Okay. Uh, was the opening scene with them in the car lot. Okay. I just, I guess maybe I'm an idiot because I didn't really understand what was going on. I know Cyrus was trying to capture a ghost. Yeah, ghost number 12. But, and I guess like he faked his own death so that they could move in there okay i get all that but why did that lady and that other guy show up number one why i i don't them showing up makes sense when she's not working for cyrus right right so it doesn't make sense that she showed up now that Right. You know, she's working with Cyrus. And there's like that weird throwaway line about how she killed the the guy that she was with, which is like, right. so why did you show up in the first place? Right. And why did you bring him? And why were you pretending to be on his side? Right. And how did you get involved in the first place? Right. But and then how can you accuse Matthew Lillard of selling out when you did the same thing? Right. Anyways. And... It seems kind of silly that he released a ghost. I know he was trying to get the ghost captured in that little box with right. Aladdin. Why, instead of just like letting the ghost roam free, how about you just have the person trapped in that glass thing and then open it up for the ghost to go in there and kill him and then close it? All these people were just running and it was chaos. And I was like, I don't really know what's happening. I think the ghost was roaming the junkyard. Right. I get that. And was killing people there. But in order to lure the ghost out, they had to spray the blood, which was a 
weird. I mean, I guess like it makes sense. I don't. I don't know. I guess like I guess basically like they had to lure. A, they needed to find a guaranteed way to lure the ghost to the box, rather than just putting someone in the box and waiting until he got there. But then there was like the tape that was supposed to summon the ghost. Right. There was too many things going on. I was like, why do we need all this stuff for this ghost? I just, there was just a lot happening in that scene. I yeah. felt like all of it wasn't necessary. And it was just kind of a long scene too. And I just felt like it was. Yeah. Added nothing. It sets up the relationship between uh, Matthew Lillard and Cyrus, which I guess we should call. Matthew Lillard by his <laughs> character name. It sets up the scene between Dennis and Cyrus, mm-hmm. and it's like that what their relationship is like, and you kind of understand who Dennis is before he shows up at the house. So I guess like it's important to kind of know that information instead of showing it in flashbacks later. But I feel like this movie had too many characters for such a short film. Yeah. Like, why did we need Dennis and Maggie and the ghost hunting girl and Cyrus and Ben the lawyer and all these ghosts and the family? It's a lot of characters for such a short film. It is. I don't think it did a a terrible job of, like, introducing all of them. I just think it mishandled some of them. And just get rid of Ben. Keep Dennis. Yeah, I guess, like, he could have pretended to be the lawyer. Right. Or even if you just have Ben come give them the house, and then, like, Ben leaves. Right. But if he... How would the machine get turned on without the lawyer? You could have the explorer ghost girl do it. Yeah, because then she would. it would make sense that she was part of the bad guy. Yeah, or Cyrus do it, because he was in the house the whole time. Right. Yeah, there's a lot of people that could have done that. I guess they just wanted the lawyer to be like a a homage to the lawyer in the original. They did, but I just I don't think that they did it well. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to compare and contrast now? Oh, I'm so ready for that. All right. So here is something that I liked more about this one versus the original we got to know more specifically what cyrus was doing what the uncle because he has a different name in the original what the uncle was doing with the ghosts and like what his experiments were yeah and like he has a the movie despite all the silliness of the plan sets out he has a very clear plan he needs ghosts for a a future telling machine run by Satan and it's in this giant house. Yeah. Can we talk about the uncle real quick? His yeah. name. So his name is Plato in the first one or something like that. Yep. And the main character in William Castle's film is Cyrus. Correct. So are we supposed to assume that this is Cyrus grown up? Cause that's a fun little that the that dad like suddenly turned evil and like yeah. started I mean it's not unreasonable except for they don't share the last name. Right. But I just thought that was Yeah. Like what if? That would be kind of cool. I like 
kind of liked that they updated the names yeah. so that you don't have like Play-Doh and you're right. not using Zorba, which sounds like some kind of weird gypsy fortune teller. Right. But Criticos does not sound much better. No, no, no. Uh, but and no, I... Medea, I'm glad that they <laughs> changed that. But I do, I do think that the uncle's plan was more... Uh, expanded upon in this yeah. one and I, I appreciated that. I also really liked that the ghosts had something to do in this one mm-hmm. rather than just being a glasses gimmick. Right. And I liked that they incorporated the glasses into the story of this one. I did and the glasses I felt like more made more sense in this one. Right. Now so that I being said I liked that the original was a little bit simpler mm-hmm. in that it was about a lawyer trying to swindle this family out of the money that they just earned. Right. And, oh, you know what else I really liked? I like that we got an explanation for why the family was in the situation they were in. Yeah. Because yeah. in the first one, you're like, oh, they're losing all their furniture. I don't the know. The dad though. was into some shady stuff. I, that, that got me interested. Yeah, but, like, there's no... The, like. There's a difference between being interested in something right. with and without payoff. Right. And But I really want a prequel now. What was that dad doing? It's not like the 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 dad suddenly came back with like these weird skills that like maybe he learned in prison or something. <laughs> it's just like he like owed money to the wrong like it's not even like he said he owed money to the wrong people. Right. Like, like there could have been a weird mob thing. But they didn't even do that. What else? Okay, so what did you like about the original one? Besides the lawyer thing and the money. I liked everything about the original. Right, in comparison to this one, though. Like, what? I guess, what didn't you like about this one because of the original? I didn't like that the lawyer guy was, like, shady like he was in the first one, but then not... Really? Because everyone else was also shady? Except Except for for the the family? family. Right. So it kind of like took some of that oomph away from him being shady? Yeah. Here's the thing that I'm conflicted about. Because apart from the like ghost advocacy girl, I really liked that the 2001 13 ghosts seemed to do more in all of the areas that the original one didn't that made me not like the original one so much or like not be as enjoyed by it, I should say. Whereas the original one is like a fun haunted house story with, with a person trying to steal money this one was more about the ghosts and the experiments and the relationship between the family and the uncle, which I thought was lacking in the original one. I can, yeah, I can understand what you're saying. I personally though, I think I just have a bias for older films. You do. You definitely have a bias for older so films. It's, it, it's really hard for me to like say anything negative about the William Castle movie. Um, I understand what you're saying, 
But I felt like still the 2001-13 ghost didn't do that great of a job with it because it... I've never seen you think this hard before. Oh, boy. Because it had too much going on. Right. If we had gotten rid of the weird... If we had gotten rid of the multiple twists... Yeah. Like I that, think that would have helped. That would have helped a lot because I think it would have helped to focus the narrative on the uncle and his plan. Exactly. And everything. And then you could just have, you know, Dennis be his lackey who's trying to destroy the machine. Yes. Yes. Because Dennis could show up at the house, say, oh, crap, you actually built the Arcanum. Mm-hmm. Or is that the name of the book? That's the name of the book. You actually built the machine from the book. I have to destroy it. Yeah. But, or he could have just been psychic because of when he touches Cyrus at the beginning and kind of sees flashes to what he's planning to do. Yeah. So really just take out, what's her face? Kalina, Kalita. And uh, Megan. You're talking about the nanny? Yeah, what's her name? (sighs) Uh, Maggie. Mm, Maggie. Honestly, it's not like she added anything, but I don't think she took anything away from the story. Like I she thought can stay. She, she delivered too much comedic relief that wasn't needed. Right. This movie wasn't scary. You didn't need a comedic relief. That's very true. But I guess they needed, they felt like they needed it. So like, but they didn't. <laughs> if if I only had to get rid of one right, part of yeah, the story, yeah. it would be what's her face. She was definitely like number one, not needed. Right. But I really feel like they could have done without Maggie too. Right. The original one, uh, the original one's it's weird because like the ghosts weren't really part of the story. Except other, except, well, not except, but they kind of were when the lawyer dressed up as the ghost to scare Medea. Mm-hmm. And you didn't really get any of that in this one. I felt like the ghosts weren't necessarily evil in the original. They kind of were just trapped by Uncle Plato and. But they kind of seemed evil because there was. Because of the Ouija board scene and when the dad gets his hand burned with the number 13. Right. I Actually, that's something that I really did like about the original one. That they at least tried to make it a mystery who the 13th ghost was going to be. Mm -hmm. And in this one, they're like, wait a minute. The machine needs 13 ghosts. Clearly, the dad is the 13th ghost. Right. Not... Like, oh, my kids are missing one by one. Is one of them the 13th ghost? Mm -hmm. And but I think that ties into what you were saying about the Zodiac thing kind of being unnecessary for the machine because it. Like if they had just needed 13 ghosts and not specific ghosts, then it could have been, oh, like. Is it Maggie? Exactly. They could have even done like a little break and like flashed the people in front of the screen. Like, yeah. Oh, is it? But that would have been too, uh, too much of a callback to six the sixties. <laughs> I'd be okay with that though. Yeah, we really need to watch um, the Wolf Must. I think it's the Wolf Must Die. I think you'd really enjoy that one. Okay, I'm bored. I so yeah, I I do struggle with 
finding any faults in the original. I have such a blinder for them. Um, it's a, it's a real problem. But I I liked how the ghosts were captured in this one, where in the original they kind of just roamed the house, I guess, freely. Yeah. Actually, you know it's something else I didn't care for in this one, hmm. and I think it's, I don't, I think it's a fault of editing more than it is of the movie or of the story. I get that the house started to turn into a giant maze, but it felt too disorienting at times how characters got from one place to another. Yeah. And you didn't really know where things were in location to each other. So sometimes ghosts would show up and you'd think, well, how did you get there? And right. like, why were the people there? And then they start lifting up floor panels. And I was like, well, <laughs> you didn't put that back. So now you're just inviting ghosts to come through <laughs> the rest of the house because there's no protection spell there. Right. So I did not care for that. No, the house was very disorienting, which... To a fault. To, right, to a fault. Because sometimes that can be very beneficial in a movie. Right. This one just added to the confusion of there is just too much. And there were lots of shots of like long hallways with nothing happening, mm -hmm. which I get that they're kind of establishing shots, but we've established that the movie, that the house is a maze, so you don't have to do anything. Right. <laughs> right. But yes, I, I think that goes back to how this the remake had more detail to Cyrus's plan or mm -hmm. the uncle's plan. Seeing how the ghosts were captured. Mm -hmm. I thought that was neat. Right. And it goes beyond if you can see a ghost, you can capture it. Right. <laughs> right. Because, okay, great. I see that ghost. Right. Can I, can I have it? Can I? Yeah. <laughs> like, like I, I kind of like that this one was like a Pokemon situation right. where like there's an actual device that you put, the ghost in mm -hmm. whereas in the original it's it's like i really want to know like what was right. cyrus doing but yeah. it was it's not like that was such an important part of the story that when it ended i was like oh like i'm still interested and i can form my own theories about how and why mm -hmm. it was just oh okay that's not important because the lawyer's trying to kill the family to steal money from them Right. I I think that if you could somehow c combine these two movies, take less from the 2001 and add a little bit to the William Castle movie, you might have a fully cohesive story. <laughs> yes, I agree. A uh, couple of fun facts for you. This movie, they originally talked about releasing it in 3D. They also that talked about cool. doing that with House on Haunted Hill. And they also talked about doing um, similar to the original where you could see the ghosts sometimes with a viewer and not. But then they decided to scrap that. I think that would have been really cool. I think part of the reason I really liked the original so much was because it was an experience. This was just a movie Right. And it was fine, but if they had found a way to do the glass the viewer thing because the ghosts interact with the people so much more, I yeah. think that would have 
in a weird sort of way, that gimmick kind of would have elevated it yes. in an interesting way. Yes. Um, but I understand that it was probably for a film of this caliber, like it was probably way too expensive to do. Right. Dare I ask you, were you able to pull any dating information <laughs> from this movie? Well, the only people I could really pull from was Uncle Cyrus and the adventurer girl. If you're, I'm going to guess what you're going to say. Okay. If your significant other builds a Satan machine, <laughs> you should run. Yes. <laughs> that is accurate. Run. I feel like we've had that before, though, but it was... What did we say before? Like, don't date magicians? Right. See? It all comes back. Don't date ma magicians. Oh, Just boy. don't do it. Stay away from them. Um... Yeah. Bad news. They are bad news. Yeah. Anyone who wants to exploit the devil for power, probably not someone you want to associate with. Right. And, you know, don't sacrifice a family for your lover. Right. Right. Was she the one that said something about getting kids involved and she was mad at him for that? Yeah. She was mad about the kids thing, but she was okay with killing the kids' dad. And okay with killing the wife or yeah. capturing the wife of the family. Yeah. But she's like, don't mess with the kids. She, she is, has some morals. She is such a a nothing character. Like it is. She could honestly not be less of a character than she is in this movie. Yeah. Other than not existing. Which would have been better. Like I'm trying to imagine scenes without her now. And. Honestly, I feel like you could go back through this movie, erase her, and it would still mostly make sense. Yeah. Except for when they're talking to, like, uh, the air, and they're like, right. how did you get here? Right. But, I mean, maybe it's a ghost. Right. <laughs> Spooky. So. Do you have any other last-minute thoughts? I feel like this movie probably gets enough credit. <laughs> It's probably fine if you don't watch it. I would say watch the original before watching this movie. I would say if you need background noise, you could put it on. Other than that, it's not really worth your time. I'm going to say something different than you. I think this movie should get a little bit more support than it does. Is it a product of its time? Absolutely. Was it bad for its time? I don't think it's as bad as people said. Was it scary? No, but horror movies don't necessarily have to be scary. I don't know why we have this obsession or like why critics have this obsession that a horror movie equals scary. There are plenty of horror movies that aren't scary right? that deal with horror content. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's... I, uh, I know I'm probably going to get you're going to hate me for this and people are going to hate me, but I do think it's a minor improvement over the original one just because of the few, just because it expands on the shortcomings that bothered me about the first one. Strongly disagree with you. I'm, I'm only saying slightly. I, I'm kind of torn on which one I like more. I think I lean towards this one because I do have a bias towards those early 2000s movies and how campy they are. But 
I hesitate to say that because I'm not certain. But I do think that this movie does deserve a little bit more credit than it gets for a variety of reasons. Is it going to go on my top 10? No. Is it going to go on your top 10? No. No. And that's all I have to say about it. You? I disagree. I say just watch the original and you'll be fine. All right. (laughs) Thank you for listening. As always, we encourage you, our audience, to hit that subscribe button in Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts so you never have to miss an episode. We're on Instagram and Twitter at Journey Into Film, hoping to do more with that in 2022. And if you want to support the show, head over to patreon.com slash a journey into film or head over to TeePublic and check out some sweet merch. Links to those are available in the show notes. And as always, never let anyone tell you that a film you enjoy is bad because they're probably wrong. William Castle rocks.